Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Lord, we thank you for this amazing time of worship. Thank you for David and the team. Bless David and Leah as they had to run out of here. But we ask, Holy Spirit, open your word to our hearts. Teach us, even as Mary had to obey God in a unique way, teach us to obey in our lives whatever you would say to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, this time of year, we celebrate that very first Christmas. It's a story we've all heard many times, but it can never become too cliche in our mind. That was, when that baby was laying there, that's not just a Bible story, that was God himself. And if you just think about that for a moment, it just almost does not compute the creator God that we read of in Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, who did all of that, who made everything, is laying there swaddled in dirty cloths. How does that even work? But there he was as believers. If you read the creeds, we believe that Jesus was begotten, not made. So the apostolic, the, the Nicene, the Athanasian creed, Jesus always was, but 2,000 years ago, he was incarnated into human flesh, and there's God. Like, that's just, that does not compute in my brain. The more I think about it, the more it just kind of doesn't work. And as incredible as that is, and we could talk about that for a whole message, as incredible as that is, some lady had to bring that person into the world. And I'm almost even more astounded that that's how God worked. Like, couldn't he have just appeared as a grown man and then it wouldn't be so hard for us to figure out? But he says, no, the way I'm coming into the world is in the womb, which speaks of how sacred the womb is. So the beginning of the New Testament is two pregnant women pregnant by a miracle. One's barren, pregnant by a miracle. The other is just the Holy Spirit put God inside of her. That's miraculous. So I think it's interesting that the Gospels we know of begin with two babies. That's so significant. One of them is God. God's just, what? He's, that's God? He's just screaming and crying and he's in a feeding trough? What? It's, it's almost like that's something God would do because he always does stuff just way outside of our brain. That's amazing. But then there's this young woman. So Mary, I, I don't know what Bible stories you're familiar with. Mary was likely a teenager. She's likely, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. She's not 30. She's not 40. Uh, the story before the Mary, uh, you know, Mary is told this by an angel, Elizabeth was older and Zacharias was older. They were, they were aged. But Mary and Joseph were very young. And so here's this 
unassuming teenager, probably has dreams about her life, you know, loves God, wants to serve God. But an angel shows up one day and says, Mary, God loves you. You're amazing. You're highly favored. You're going to give birth to God himself. Like, imagine if that's you. I mean, guys won't get that, but girls, I mean, imagine you're like just, hey, I just want a nice house and a white picket fence, and Gabriel, what are you talking about? I will give birth to God. This is a real person. We hear this story so many times that we think, oh, that's a nice Bible story, that's cute. This was a real person. That was her calling, as we would call it. That was her life assignment. Up to that point, she's just, you know, like any other young person, in love with Joseph, wants to get married. And then everything changes. Suddenly her life begins to get very narrow. I love the zeal here. He's already responding to the, uh, to the altar call. Or he's, see, he's got the drums in his sights. Pretty soon he's going to be playing those things. I'm going to make them. Hmm. Man, he's going to be a musician, I can just tell. We should just put dirty dishes back there. And then maybe he'd still run back there. He's going to be a musician and a prayer warrior. He's got those lungs. So as remarkable as the, the incarnation of Christ, as remarkable as Mary having to bring forth this baby, I just thought, let's talk about a few lessons that we learn from the life of Mary because they're instructive. They help us to obey the Lord. Before we get into that, this is just for fun. I'm just going to, maybe one day, millions of years from now as believers, we're, we're in the, you know, the, the resurrection. We're in, this is the next stage. You know, Jesus has returned and everything's been redeemed and everything. We're just telling stories one day around a campfire. And, you know, this is totally make-believe. But, you know, maybe this will happen. So maybe Moses is sitting over there and Moses just begins telling stories about what it was like to part the Red Sea and how that went. And then uh, maybe Elijah pops up and says, well, I got all kinds of stories about resurrecting people from the dead I want to talk about. Some of them weren't even in Scripture, but I want to tell you about those. And then, you know, imagine a bunch of stories go on and on. And someone says, well, I was in the prayer meeting when we prayed for Saul of Tarsus. And then he got saved the next day. And Jesus told me it was our prayers that let, you know, so there's going to be stories, I'm sure. I mean, Scripture's clear. We're not going to just know everything the second we get to heaven. We're going to learn for eternity, and it's going to be, there's a glory in that. And so we're going to learn people's stories. I'm going to learn your story. You're going to learn mine. We're going to hear more of Jesus' story. And mo- I mean, just everybody, we're going to learn so much. And we're going to learn about, you know, parts of the universe no one could even comprehend, just so much. But I imagine Mary, Mary's off in the corner, and she stands up, and she says, guys, those, those are neat but I gave birth to God. And everybody's just going to be like, yeah, she wins. Wow, that's amazing. Like, Moses, that's cool, Elijah, other, but Mary gives birth to God. That's like she wins. It's just end of, end of story time. I think there is just a glory to being the person who God selected and said, this, this, is, this is the right kind of person to give birth and then to raise my son. Imagine, you know, we've got a few ladies here that are expecting. That's amazing. 
imagine the baby you're expecting is God. How do you raise God? What? That's just amazing. Let's go down here. I want to just talk about prophetic promise, personal plight, and powerful perspective. Just touch on three things about Mary's life that we can glean from, and then I'll close it with a passage of Scripture. But just so we get a little Scripture tonight, go to Luke 1. It's on the notes there. Luke 1, verse 26 to 37. I'm just going to kind of skip through it pretty quick, but we all know the story. Angel Gabriel is sent by God to Galilee, and they're the virgin there, betrothed to a man named Joseph. The virgin's name is Mary, and the angel comes in and says, Rejoice, Mary, you're highly favored by God. The Lord's with you. Blessed are you among women. It's, it's, what I think is funny is it says Mary was troubled by that. You know, when someone comes on too strong and you're just kind of like, whoa, dude, what? And so she kind of reacted that way. I would have reacted that way. And uh, Mary's like, whoa, what does this mean? And the angel says, don't be afraid. You know, you found favor with God. Okay, it's kind of good so far. What are you going, you know, where are you going with this, uh, Mr. Gabriel? And he says, Mary, you're, you're going to bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. Okay, I'm following you. Uh, How is this going to happen? Because, you know, and kind of goes through a conversation about biology there. And the angel says, Mary, this isn't going to be you and Joseph's baby. This is going to be God. And it's going to happen by a miracle. This is the conversation that they're actually having. And Mary is just like, what in the world? I'm sure that's maybe, I don't know, that's how I would have reacted. Mary says, how can this be? I don't know a man. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be the Son of God. Interesting. Also, Elizabeth, she's going to, you know, give birth. Imagine, imagine, just for a minute, that was your life assignment. Maybe ladies can relate to it a little bit better. Everybody says, I want a good prophecy. Everybody says that. I mean, I've been in church circles for 20 years. Everybody says, I want a prophetic word, you know, someone to speak into my life and tell me, you know, where things are going to go. Everybody says they want that. But then when a true word comes, there's a responsibility to it. This was a true prophetic word. This was something that was truly going to happen. And we see very quickly, there's a responsibility. When we're like, God, speak to me. Tell me something. What's your will? Ah, I want to know. That's great. Keep doing that. But when the word comes, you're responsible for that word. You're responsible. And I've seen so many people in my life. I mean, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I'm desperate. You know, God speak to me and God speaks to him. And it's like, oh, I didn't mean that. That's hard. I, I kind of wanted you just say, you know, have a fun life and boo. And that's usually not what God says. When God speaks, it's usually because there's a difficulty and he needs to make it clear because we'd give up if he, if he didn't. So I want you to pray like, Lord, speak to me. I'm sure Mary's heart was like, God, I'll do anything, whatever you want. And then here comes the assignment. You're going to raise the Son of God. 
And we're going to see here real quick, that wasn't just the hard part. But imagine this. Imagine Isaiah 7.14 when Isaiah prophesied that a, a virgin would bring forth the Son of God. There's scripture there. Mary can say, that verse was about me. I'm going to try to flip there real quick. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7 of this, uh, of this very circumstance. Isaiah 7, 14, you don't have to flip there. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. What sign? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Mary's like, that's me. Imagine that's you. That was Mary. And so, okay, that's wild enough that there was this prophetic promise over Mary's life. But now let's look at the, the, the difficulty of it. Imagine the difficulty of this assignment. Okay, and I'm going to go somewhere with this because some people go, ah, why are you talking so much about Mary? Well, there's a lot, there's very important. <laughs> but just imagine you're given this assignment. Here's the thing. No one believes her. Very few people believe Mary. Okay, if you told me, hey, brother Derek, I just wanted you to know I'm pregnant. It's a miracle. It's a miraculous pregnancy. I, I've not been messing around. It's just, boop, it was just, boom, a miracle. And I'd be like, check yourself into the crazy place because that doesn't happen. And so imagine, number one, telling this story to people. Joseph, his instant reaction, the next verse in the Matthew narrative Angel Gabriel comes to Mary, says, you're going to conceive a child miraculously. The next verse, Joseph says, I'm divorcing her. Even her own fiance didn't believe her. Now, the angel stepped in in a dream, and so he eventually was like, okay, I got it. This is a miracle thing. But if Joseph struggled, no one else even remotely believed Mary. And so maybe Joseph did, maybe her relatives Elizabeth and Zechariah, maybe Simeon who dedicated Jesus, maybe they believed, but outside of that, you know, we live in a society. Everywhere she went, she told a story about how an angel appeared to her and she got miraculously pregnant and everybody was like, okay, no. And so her whole life, Mary had this story surrounding her that was truly God that probably no one believed and everybody felt bad for her because they wondered who is the real dad and and that just that was the the cross she had to carry to follow Jesus who happened to be her son there's so many layers of mystery in this and so no one believes her probably um, except for that small group of people we know the story in Matthew 2 uh, because of this baby, there was a decree handed down by Herod that every baby two and under would be slaughtered, every child in that region. And so because of her baby, other babies died. And the guilt of that probably will never fully comprehend. She knew because of what she was carrying, there was political pressure, and she saw the moms down the street mourning. In fact, there's scripture saying it was, uh, it was uh, like a, a terrible, I mean, it was horrific. And there was a mourning and weeping in that season of time, and she's thinking, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? I just loved God. I just wanted to serve him, and now all of a sudden I'm having God as my baby, and other babies are dying and no one believes me anyway. And 
my life's not normal. I just wanted to get married and have a house and raise kids. And what did you do to my life, God? Everybody says they want a dream from God. Everybody says they want a vision and an angel and a prophetic word and a supernatural this or that. But no one thinks of the responsibility of raising that which God is saying. I've been doing this for a long time. And I, I mean, I can't tell you thousands of times. People, oh, pray for me, prophesy. Blah, blah. And it's just like, if God really wants to speak to you, you got to do it. It's, you know, it's not like God just says things and sends angels and gives dreams just so we have a fun morning. I mean, he's trying to connect us to do his will and to just get information and then not act on it. It's not wise. And so Mary, she's like, okay, God, if you're speaking, I got to do this. And this all pales in comparison to the fact that the son she had was crucified. And so she raises God, she raises her son, and she's thinking probably the prophecies mean in this life. He's going to take over and be the Messiah of Israel in this life, probably not connected to the fact that he needs to be mercilessly slaughtered so that the sins of the world can be forgiven, so that he can come back thousands of years later and then fully bring the kingdom of God to earth. She's probably not computing that. And so she just sees, I, th- I thought that God said my son would be seated on the throne of David, and she's probably as confused as we're confused. And so she's crushed at the end of her life. Would you want that assignment? <laughs> Ladies like, yeah. Would you want that assignment? Well, there was a person who walked that out faithfully. It's incredible when you think about it. Despite the, the calling and despite the difficulty we see, this is number four, Luke one thirty eight, toward the bottom of your piece of paper, her attitude, even from the very beginning, Lord, if, you're gonna, if this is real, if you've spoken it, I'm in. Let it be to me according to your word. If this is you, God, I'm in. And the angel departed from her. Her, her attitude, even though she could not possibly understand what was about to happen throughout her life, she said yes. Despite the highly unusual nature of Mary's calling or life assignment, she chose she chose to serve God enthusiastically. Throughout Mary's life, you'll see this phrase pop up here and there. It, it will say something like, Mary pondered these things in her heart. Someone would say something or something would happen. Mary, it says, Mary pondered these things. Well, what does that mean, Lord? It's like she remained enthusiastic and prayerful at every turn as she was serving God by raising the Son of God. I love the story when uh, they travel three days and then they look around, they can't find their son. And so they return back to the temple and there's their, you know, and they're like, what, why did you do that? And he drops some like nuclear bomb on them of truth. And, and they're just like, so like, what, why would you do that, Jesus? And they're not thinking like, this is literally God himself. I mean, maybe, but just throughout their life, there were, there were challenges, there were difficulties and let's flip over to the back. Why am I talking about all this? 
Let's go over to Luke 11. Let me just fast forward in my Bible a little bit. Luke 11. Here's the thing. There may be a unique calling on your life. God may ask you to do something that others don't understand. He may speak to you in a way that others can't fathom. And you have to say yes because it's God. It may, you may be a missionary at some other place in the world and maybe no one understands that. Uh, your calling may be to raise kids that do that, kind of like Mary raised Jesus to be the greatest savior of the world. I mean, obviously. I mean, we're not going to raise kids at that level, but you know, your kids may go on to serve the Lord in ministry or missions or start a business, and so that may be part of your calling. Or It could be a hundred different things. But every once in a while, God, God does something really unique. And if that's you, say yes. Lord, if it's you, I'm in. Just like Mary. You know, I think of this woman in Luke 11. It's kind of a funny story, actually. It's just two verses. This is Jesus is full grown. He's out there ministering and crowds and healings and deliverance and all kinds of things. And then there's this woman from the crowd says she raises her voice and says, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. I mean, what, what a random thing to just scream in the middle of a conference or whatever. And, and Jesus always has the, the most you know, amazing answer. And he says, yeah, more than that. It's funny. He kind of validates her, but kind of redirects her. She was like super into Mary. And he's like, well, there's something better than that. He says, more than that. I love my mom and all that. But blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. What he's saying is, my mom simply heard from God and did it. She obeyed. So there's something more than just being reverential toward my my mom. What you really need to do is learn the lesson of her life, which is if God speaks to you, you got to do it. That's the life of blessing. Here's the thing. People always say to me, Derek, I don't know what God's will is. If you don't know, you're probably doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. And then if God interrupts you and sends the angel or makes it clear to do X, Y, Z, and you know it's him, my advice to you is do it right away. Don't wait your whole life. I know people who've done things right away and they walk in blessing. I mean, there's difficulties. But I know tons of people who say, well, one day, you know, I'll kind of get things in order, and they never end up doing it, and they always wonder, did I miss God? Yeah, you missed God. And so be like a Mary, no matter what the assignment is, no matter what the calling. If he says do it, do it and do it right away. That's, That's the spirit of a disciple. Jesus said, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. What's the Bible say? Right after that, they dropped their nets immediately, and they went right after him doesn't say next year, 10 years later, when they got all their finances in order, when they got everything figured out in life and they got, you know, this and that. And oh, right away, they followed him immediately. Everybody has to walk it out as God speaks to them. But I would encourage you, let's learn these lessons from Mary. Let's, let's do what she did. If God says, hey, I've got an assignment for you, no matter how unique it is, Say yes and keep saying yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your word.
Lord, this time of year, we, we think about the miracle of you being born, of you being incarnated. And we think about how that was made possible. Lord, you didn't just appear. You chose people. You used people who served you, who brought you into the world, who raised you. And I thank you for Mary, the mother of Christ, who, who just is an amazing example of how to obey you. And I pray for grace in this room. Lord, you know every calling, you know every assignment, you know where life is, is headed. And I pray for the grace to respond to you enthusiastically and that all of us in this room could say like Mary, let it be to me according to your word. In Jesus' name. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.